you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. What an opportunity it is to bring this broadcast across your airwaves. With me again is uh, Pastor Stephen Hutman, the outreach pastor at Morningside Baptist Church. I think the best church in the United States of America, if not the free world today. How you doing, Pastor Hoffman? Good to be back with you today, Brother Doug. Thank you for having me with you. And it's been good to talk about dating and engagement. We're ready to get this couple married. I think so. We're there. We're there. So today's word is exactly that, marriage. So Let's talk about that, brother. And I mean, that's a long-reaching subject. All we want to know about is your entire marriage and what God has to say about our entire marriages. Well, God's in favor of marriage. I mean, when you look at uh, what God has instituted, he instituted the church, he instituted um, government, and he instituted the family. Um, you know, those are God-ordained uh, institutions. And so because of that, we're talking about the family, that's marriage is really the bedrock of, of that. Um, this is, this is God's plan. Um, it's God's idea. Um, it's not just a piece of paper, you know, somewhere in a courthouse. Uh, this is God's plan for, um, one man and one woman to be committed yeah, and to, in his providence, rear a godly seed. So, you know, if you have to think of a word for marriage, I would say commitment. You know, you've gone, you're not just friends anymore. You, you know, that, well, maybe, you know, maybe we'll get together this weekend. Maybe we won't. My schedule's a little busy. No, there's a, there's a commitment level. I mean, yeah. you, you're committed to, you are my partner now for life. Yeah, that's uh, right. I'm, I'm committed to you. You're committed to me. We're committed to the Lord. It, this is a commitment that we've entered into, an agreement before God. Many times it'll pastor may say something like before God and these witnesses, you know? Um, so it's a commitment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the Bible says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. And, uh, and above all these things, put on charity, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. So as we go in pastor and we get married and I tell everybody, you know, somewhere around 30, 35 years, the honeymoon stops, brother. <laughs> somewhere along the way, you're in marriage. And in your case, you guys went through a trial of a lifetime. And um, what, you know, that first life shows up. And, and how do you stay on course with God? What, what does a marriage look like? I mean, right up front, what do we, you said the bedrock. What is the bedrock? What is the foundation coming into marriage? You've both got to be committed to the Lord. I mean, if you're not committed to the Lord, you're going to have trouble being committed to each other. Yeah. And so focus on you personally being right with God, serving God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And you can't control your spouse. That's the reality of it. But you can control yourself, and you can be right with God. So do your part to be right with God and pray and help your spouse do their part, you know, as much as you can. And Lord willing, they'll also be passionate and committed to God. And as you are both kind of like a triangle, yeah. you know, if, if the husband is on one bottom level of the triangle and the, the wife's on the other side, as God is at the top of that triangle and you're both uh, pursuing God and uh, getting closer to God, it brings you closer to each other as you're both uh, on a trajectory of growth and holiness and sanctification. So 
really that's the bedrock of marriage. And if for some reason you're listening to today's broadcast and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and let me just give you an encouragement that if you want to strengthen your marriage, you need help, and that help is found in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Jesus Christ knows that you are a sinner. You've alienated yourself from God because of your sin, and he wants to reconcile you to God, and that's why he died on the cross. He shed his blood. A bloody death of Christ on the cross is what provides freedom and forgiveness of our sins and a right relationship with God. So you want marriage help? You need Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And I encourage you to reach out to Brother Doug, and he'd be glad to help you. This is not just a marriage show. This is helping you get to know God. That's right. And and at the end of every broadcast, uh, you'll hear uh, uh, exactly what you need to know and what you need to do to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And and as we say at the end of the broadcast, get a hold of us. Contact us. We we want to help you find a local church. We want to help you get through that. Marriage completely changes. Trust me, as somebody who came into marriage unsaved and a bit a bit religious, and uh, um, you know maybe we came in pragmatic. You know, good things in the world. We we didn't cheat on each other. We were committed to each other. We were looking at the long run, and everything good that we could bring in that from a secular perspective uh, didn't equal a period in the book of life. You know, when God comes in. Uh, when God shows up, everything completely changed. Then it's all about, you know, how can I please God by meeting the needs of this other human being? And uh, and they do the same thing. So you're both going out of your way in all areas. You know, it, it, you know, my wife likes to do this. Let's go do it. You know, let me learn how to enjoy this yeah. more. Yeah. Uh, we like to read these books together. Let's get some. You know, we, we like to, let's go to a church together. What groups do you like at church? I, I recommend to you guys that you get a mission at church. At our church, you fill out, well, we're going all the time, and we're in different churches and things of that nature. But uh, when we signed up, we said, we'd be glad to do some photography. We've got a couple cameras. We've got some experience in that area. But get plugged into church. There's nothing better for a young couple than to plug in. You know, not only do we plug into God, I tell you all the time, what you plug into is what you get your energy from. And and I need to plug into God every morning. You know, my Bible reading was long done before I saw that first human being in a social setting. I needed that stuff loaded into me. Well, so do spouses. We still have that individual walk, and now we have this relationship walk with God. And we have a responsibility to both of them, right? Yeah, and you, if you develop your personal walk with the Lord, and then corporately, you and your spouse ought to find, as you recommended, Brother Doug, get plugged into a local church. And yeah. and this is not really a, a segment on church, but let me encourage you to find a Bible-preaching church that's going to help you walk with God and help you grow with God, give you an opportunity to serve. Maybe you and your spouse want to serve in the same ministry together. Maybe you have different giftings and you serve separately, but be careful that you don't overcommit to your, you yeah. know, you're pulling apart, you know, so if you can serve together in something, that's awesome. Cause you can, you, you yeah. can do it together and, and invest your time together. Yeah. But you know, early on in your marriage, you ought to make a local church, uh, search and landing in a local church, a good, good fit. I'm going to be meeting this week with a uh, couple that's, um, headed, they're not engaged yet, but it's, it looks like it's going to be coming. And, um, uh, two different churches. The young lady is at our church. The gentleman is at another church. We'd love to have him at our church. Maybe they will, maybe they won't end up at, at our church, but Lord willing, they'll end up at a good church, yeah. either his or ours or somewhere else, and uh, serve the Lord together as a couple. But uh, 
I'm going to go see if we can't get him at Morningside. Amen. So. Well, we want him to be in the best church possible. So that would be the right road to go. So, I, you know, I was thinking, brother, so, you know, the honeymoon's there. Kids come along. And uh, let me speak to the honeymoon. Yeah. Uh, okay. Just the day of the marriage. Can I just a little practical advice? Yeah. Don't pack the day so full with so many activities and, you know, you get married at 7 o'clock at night, and our flight to Mexico is at 11 o'clock <laughs> from Atlanta. And, you know, we're going to fly all night. And, you know, hey, step back. You know, one of the things you want to do in a honeymoon is enjoy each other. Yeah. Your physical relationship, uh, the newfound joy of that. So You don't, don't need don't, to stress. Don't, yeah. book, don't book yourself so busy on the honeymoon that you don't have time to spend time with each other, to let your hair down, to recover from the busyness that led up to the wedding. You're probably going to be tired. Um, so don't overschedule your honeymoon would be some practical advice that I would give you. I think, and I think that's great advice. And, uh, you know, the thing I would say to you is uh, be gracious. Think about your marriage. I, I tell people, listen, if you get married on a Friday night, I get getting married at 7 o'clock at night, or maybe if your church already has a wedding on Saturday morning or something like that. But I, when people talk to me, I, I always say, you know, that, uh, that 2 o'clock hour, that noontime hour, those are good times to get married and, and definitely plan the plane trip for the next day. And uh, I literally, so I, you know, doing what I do, I was down and I was preaching a workshop uh, at our church outside of Pensacola, Florida, a little town. I can't remember, but somewhere in the water, beautiful little town, about an hour from Pensacola. And some folks came out and, and this guy and this gal met each other and they had been through some of the similar things in life. You know, it was a pastor's son and a pastor's daughter. Both of them sadly had been through terrible abuse in life, never, on, never been on a date, never been married, none of that stuff. And, and so these pastors, you know, the, the two churches get together and they have this conference and their kids get married. Wow. So over the course of five or six months, they decide, hey, this is real, you know, and, and they, you know, I'm the third guy. So both, both pastors call me and say, would you do the marriage counseling? So I did. And uh, we did it by far on, on Zoom or whatever it was at that particular time. But we went through, we did the counseling, we did all that. And, and the couple was just just excellent. They were just gracious. They were just honest with each other. There was an incredible amount of integrity and uh, they, they gave me the wonderful honor. I, I married them on Pensacola Beach. Wow, and uh, yeah. uh, they gave me that, that wonderful opportunity. But the thing I want to get to that was kind of sad is they got married and they never showed up at the reception. I got a text message that said, Doug, we're not making it to the reception. Oh, Love boy. you, brother. Well, man, we had a nice reception anyway. You know, I... Wow. Yeah. And uh, so be gracious about Come that. Come to your reception. Come to your reception. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Hey, listen, we'll be right back with you. Hang with us. return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Well, folks, thanks for hanging with us. So, so pastor, you, I'm glad you did the honeymoon thing and, and, uh, you come back from the honeymoon, you're still kind of living a honeymoon, so to speak. And, and uh, there, there's many facets of a marriage. I had a brother tell me one time that he related marriage to a few things. He said, first, there's lust. He said, 
and then there's rust, and then there's dust. And I felt like <laughs> I was really sad he said that because I don't think that's necessarily true. Uh, but well, the thing about rust is uh, you may think you married a knight in shining armor, and then you discover it's rusting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. that sets in. And, you know, just, just kind of quickly as we wrap up uh, some of those early days of marriage, I know for myself personally, we got married here in my wife's hometown. Um, but we took an opportunity to go to, to my uh, state and have a reception there. And can I just encourage uh, couples, most likely if you live in two different places, only one side, so to speak, is going to have their main group of church and friends. Don't forget the other side. Yeah. Uh, you know, take an opportunity to maybe to travel to that state or that's that, a good, that's that, a good plan. that home church and try to do something where those friends and family from that region can somehow celebrate with you, maybe a, a reception a week or two later or whatever. So it it's not just many times you're going to get married where the bride wants to get married. Um, don't forget the guy has a family too. He has friends. You know, don't forget to let them celebrate. Um, what a great, what a great so thought. Just, a, just yeah. a little practical advice there. But, you know, those early days of marriage in the Bible, it talked about, you know, when a guy got married, you know, basically don't go off to war in your early days because you need to have time to cheer your wife. And I want to encourage, you know, young, uh, newly married people don't neglect, don't get so busy with the, the stuff of life that, uh, you know, Hey, I particularly guys, you may think I got her, you know, she's mine now I'm married. Uh, and those small things that you would do during dating to invest in her, you stop doing those small things. I mean, she fell in love with how you were courting her, how you were dating her, how you were pursuing her. You shouldn't stop dating your wife just because she said I do and just because you said I do. If anything, it should be more intense dating. It should be more regular. Um, this is the stuff of life. I, I've said it more than once. It's cheaper to date your wife than hire a divorce lawyer. Yeah. And, you know, I just, my wife just had a birthday last week. Um and we were able to get out of town one night. It wasn't a lot of money. It wasn't a long time. But those types of things are important where I take a break, she takes a break. We get to spend some time together, spend a little money uh, to invest in the relationship. And I mean, we ate three meals out, probably 60 some dollars total. That gives you an idea. We weren't breaking the bank on going out to eat. We were eating cheap, uh, if you will. So don't feel like you have to break the bank to date. You can yeah. you can date over a shared milkshake at Chick Fil A. Yeah, yeah, we've been known to go to downtown Greenville, down by the bridge there, get a parking spot, buy a Starbucks, and walk up and down the Reedy River. Yeah, and that's always uh, well. If you got a Starbucks, Doug, you probably spend a lot of money. So yeah, it's five sixty seven these days for my vente, brother. And uh, you know, and I made some decisions about that. I'm you know I'm popping things off at home. I'm only going like once a week now and. Uh, but talking about dating and marriage, uh, you know, this is a pretty big deal and it's, it's real easy, uh, where I'm at now in life. I'm an empty nester. It was real easy when we first got married. It was more difficult when children came along. Mm. Oh and, man, let me tell you about, we had our first child. We'd been married, um, about three and a half years when our first child came along, which for us worked well to, great. to have some uh, couple time before we were parent time. And I've, I know every uh, couple may have different timeline that works for them. Um, and that's okay. But yeah. it, for us, it was in a little, little side note, uh, dad and mom, 
And friends, be careful about pressing new couples. You know, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? Yeah, you know, they, they can get, you know, a little defensive, a little frustrated about that. So give them some time, give them some space, let them enjoy their new marriage um, before you start pressing them to, you know, have, and you never know, they may be having infertility trouble yeah, as we well. Did. We did. And so you're, yeah. they're not, of course, broadcasting and they're not wearing a sign. We can't get pregnant. But, but every time you ask that kind of question, hey, when are y'all going to have kids? You know, and, they may be like internally thinking, I'd love to have kids. Thanks for rubbing salt in the wound. You know, yeah. we're, we're trying. So you need to be careful when you're dealing with young couples and talking to them about kids and when are they going to start having them? And we want them now and we want grandkids. So be sensitive uh, to that. But we had our first child about three and a half years uh, into marriage and we went on vacation and man, I got a, I got an awakening to this is different now. <laughs> you know, we were, my wife now has a little baby she's taken care of. It was cold outside, and she's she. My wife's in mama role of taking care of this baby. Guess what? It wasn't about me. It was about the baby. Yeah. And I had to grow up, and uh, and realize. Uh, and I'm I'm not saying there's this. You yeah. Know, big big showdown or yeah. something, but I mean it's something that I remember from my past. It's another you've, point of growth. You've got a you've got a third person in the in the family now. And it, it's not just this husband and wife and what do we want to do and what's next and what what activity can we go to now. You've got a third person you're, you've got to care for. And so guys, don't grow bitter against your wife when mama role uh, comes out and she's thinking about them. Jump in in there and help her. You know, you're a parent too. That's right. Uh, so it's not babysitting when it's your own kid. I had a, had a guy parent. tell me one day at church, he said, you know, yeah, I got a I called him up. He wanted to sit down and talk with me. I said, well, how's tonight work for you? He said, I got to babysit. I said, well, you're babysitting for the neighbors or something. He said, no, my kids. And I said, brother, you're not babysitting. You're parenting. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And dads, step up to the plate. You, you need to parent a lot. So many times the wife can get burned out because the dad's sitting over there channel surfing on the TV or playing video yeah. games or out with the buddies and the wife is frazzled, and you know you want a, a happy wife, a, a relaxed wife, a, a wife that can invest energy into your marriage. Yeah. Well, let me encourage you: participate in the parenting. Don't put all that burden on her. Um, dad, step up and take the lead. And this is not a parenting uh, session, but so much of parenting bleeds into our marriages. Yeah, uh, it, they're very much connected. How parenting goes is. You know, yeah. depend. It and I want to say about our marriage. And I want to give you newly married people a hint: as you have children, uh, don't hold a breastfeeding baby without your shirt on, man. Uh, I'm just going to point that out right now. My my life was changed as I was falling asleep one night, and uh, women got a heavy role. And 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 I'll tell you something, brother, uh, that I learned as in in these steps of growth, in these steps of growth. And one of the things that that God showed me is there's an absolute place for a dad even in those early years uh, my boys would light up when dad came home and I gladly took the role of holding them and and our life was busy I mean I did uh you know I did an associate's degree two bachelor's degrees and a master's degree well in the army and uh and so when you throw all these things into you, and it took me years, this wasn't something you know because you're only allowed you can only take two or three courses a semester while you're in the army and you've just got to figure all that out. When you make a decision like that, I knew that I had no time in my life for anything else but school 
church in my family. I knew that there wasn't going to be great amounts of time. I, I couldn't volunteer for Big Brothers uh, of America, which I had done previous to that. You, you got to fit your time. You got to figure out your schedule. You got to look at that schedule with your wife. You got to keep those kids in mind. And you got to sit down because we had made a commitment. We said, you know, I am getting these college degrees where I'm going to get promoted through the army. We're going to have a better retirement. We're going to, when I get out of the army, and I was, I was offered right into a GS-13 job in the army right there in Germany. I mean, everything was in place as what, as the way we seen things. And God showed up and said, no, we have a different road for you to go down. But I'm just saying, remember everything you do, sit down with your wife. We talked about it as a family. You know, my, my wife did nursing school when we first got married. And then I went to school you know, part-time as it would be in the Army. Yeah. Every single chance I got, work those things out. Yeah, I take, got my master's yeah. before we got married, but then I got my doctorate while right. we were married, and it took me years. And yeah. my wife had to have to hang had, in there. Had to be a partner with me as I was spending, you know, all that time working on my education. Yeah, it's time, it's money. It's and don't a, neglect to be thankful to a spouse yeah. that that's supporting you. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, we seriously love you folks and are thankful for this. Make sure you come back tomorrow as we continue on with Pastor Huffman. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.